Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. I am so glad that you are back in the studio today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. But I tell you what, it was fantastic to get to hear Peyton keep the chair warm here for us and do a great job. Absolutely. And when I say I'm glad for you to be back in the studio, that was not to suggest that I wasn't glad for him to be here. He was. He did a fantastic job. I was glad for him to be here. I tell you what, I think we're going to get to hear more of him as the summer goes on. He's been doing great work with us here at Livingston. I'm looking forward to the conversations that we get to have as the summer progresses, but I'm also looking forward to this conversation that you and I get to have. In fact, What we want to talk about today is something that Peyton really introduced yesterday, this idea of no more offering for sin. Right. And that because there's no more offering, what that means about us and and our worship and what we're bringing to God. So I want to talk about that, and uh, I'd like for you to read, if you don't mind, from your New King James Bible, verses 11 through, uh, what, about 22? No, all the way to... 27, 27. right? How about I read Hebrews 10, 11 through 27? How about you read that? All right. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. For after he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds, I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of sins, there is no longer an offering for sin. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful." And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries." What a frightening place to end today's reading. Certainly is. Let's hang on to that one. Let's hang on to that one. We're going to be getting there in our conversation. Yesterday, Peyton highlighted the fact that Jesus offered one sacrifice, and his sacrifice purchased the atonement. Mm -hmm. His sacrifice redeemed us. So then nothing that I am doing is a sacrifice to try to pay for my sins. Nothing that I am doing is a sacrifice to get... The atonement. I I think our Hebrew author is really digging into that same concept as we move through these sentences and paragraphs. Well, you know, um, was it was it last week or two weeks ago? We were talking a little bit about the idea that within Catholicism, particularly in that system, mm. right, you have the sacraments. The sacraments are are truly doing 
different acts, different service in order to obtain grace. Um, well, listen, we talked a little bit about mass being a sacrament. Yes. The idea of these uh, weekly, continual um, sacrifice of Jesus again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Well, there is also the the uh, sacrament of penance. Oh, yeah. Right? And the idea of, well, when I've done something, uh, then I do need to pray certain prayers or pray these numbers of prayers in order to atone myself for Mm. some sins, all right? And so in that penance, I'm getting more grace as a sacrament, more forgiveness, which is another way of saying that the sacrifice of Jesus was not the sufficient sacrifice for the atonement of sins. Mm. Instead of coming to Christ for forgiveness, we are going to do things to merit or to achieve some forgiveness in the form of penance. Well, that's over and against what we're reading here in Hebrews. That concept of penance also even ties in with the the doctrine of purgatory that says that for certain sins that I haven't actually paid for, mm-hmm. for some of these venial sins that I haven't done the penance for, that I am going to have to then go into purgatory, which is a hell-like state, as I pay for those sins well, before and, I'm able to go to heaven. And isn't that a fascinating word? You just use the venial sins. Yeah. The idea that in this system you have different classifications of sins and a full expectation that your sins will not be forgiven when you die, but you have to go to purgatory for a while and you'll still have to burn for a while uh, for those sins. Right. Which, again, weighs against the sufficiency of the atoning sacrifice of Jesus. His blood was not enough. It's going to be his blood, but you're still going to have to burn. Yes. So the mortal sins in that system get paid for by Jesus, but the venial sins are ones that we have to pay for, mm-hmm. that, that we have to do the penance, and, and essentially that we then offer a sacrifice to have removed. Yes. Now, here's what I find fascinating. It is very easy to sit behind this microphone to look across at a different faith system, one that I think is incorrect and is not actually helping people serve the Lord, and and talk about all the errors over there. And yet, one of the things I've known in my own life is approaching worship, approaching service to God as if I'm going to church as a sacrifice. Mm. Man, I hope this... I hope this counts for something. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to read my Bible today. Boy, if I just read more and prayed more, and you know, I hope I hope I've done enough of that. When I stand before God in judgment, I hope I've done enough of those things, and and that'll count for something, right. so that He'll go ahead and forgive me for the sins that I've committed. Sure. And while that's not that official doctrine that uh, this other faith system has, I still think that's missing the point of what we find here in Hebrews. I would agree with that. You know, even a a little bit of time and study in some of these Old Testament sacrifices could help with that a little bit. Mm. There were sacrifices for atonement, right? Yeah. Day of atonement and all that. But um, when we think about what, but there were also votive offerings and there were also thank offerings and there were different purposes behind various sacrifices. And maybe that helps me in light a little bit when I think about language the Hebrew writer uses later in the 13th chapter when he talks about the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, Mm -hmm. even doing good works, our sacrifices. Yes. But these would not be atoning sacrifices. These would be about thanksgiving. These Mm -hmm. would be about responses. And of course, none of those things require the blood of bulls and goats or the ashes of heifers, anything like that. There, twice in this chapter, it mentions that there's no more offering for sin, and it leads us in in two directions, I think. The first time where we find that in verse 
18, where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Mm -hmm. It's the recognition that I have been forgiven. I am not having to make offerings for sin. Right. I don't. The, the things that I do in order to serve God are not offerings to try to atone for my sin. I'm, I'm not trying to build up good works that somehow will pay for my bad right. works. I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't go to church in hopes that that'll help me, that that'll make me measure up. Yeah. Rather, I love this thing that you're bringing up about thank, thank offerings and votive offerings. I, and of course, you know, folks can't see me doing the quotes around go to church. We all, that's, that's you know, why we have to have a camera one of these on days. The, but the, the idea of worshiping <laughs> with the saints, assembling with the saints, reading my Bible, praying, even cutting out sins, Cutting out sins. And you uh, mean like in repentance? Yes, I mean yeah. like in repentance and change and saying, you know what, I did that thing, but I'm not going to do that anymore. Sure, sure. It's not because uh, this this is these are the sacrifices I'm offering, you know, and, oh man, I really want to keep doing this thing, but I'll sacrifice it in hopes that God will forgive me for all the times sure. that I've either committed that sin or other sins. But I am offering these things in thanksgiving for the forgiveness he's given me in commitment to show my allegiance yeah. to him and, and, and to say, I am going to serve and follow you. Well, you know, I was thinking in the, in the broadcast yesterday, uh, Romans 12 came up, mm. right? And, and the idea that we're going to be living sacrifices. Um, even the Lord, as he talks about discipleship, uh, you need to take up your cross daily and follow me, the, the instrument of death and self-denial. Uh, while I cannot pay for my sins, I am supposed to be changed in light of the payment Jesus made. Yes. You know, he died for me. I think it was in Second Corinthians chapter 5. And because he died for us, we live for him. Mm. It is supposed to change everything. And this life of self-denial, which is a kind of sacrifice, but in an appreciation that um, what I can do in my service to God and what I can give is in no way meritorious or commensurate, I yeah, guess, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the severity of my sin and to the quality of the sacrifice of Jesus, and certainly not the blood of bulls and goats. The second time this concept of no more offering comes up takes us, I think, in a different direction. In verse 26, for if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, wow. but a fearful expectation of judgment yeah. and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. So now we're talking about a willful sin. We're, yeah, we're talking about just continuing in sin. I've turned to the Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. Again, keeping in context of Hebrews, he's writing to these Hebrew Christians that have turned to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And now they're deciding, I'm not going to hang with Jesus. I'm not going to stick here. I'm, 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 I'm going to go do something else. Right. And, and what he is warning, I think, is, look, Jesus is the one offering. Yes. As we pointed out earlier in the week, when we look back, when we look back through history and we see all those sacrifices that the Hebrews were offering, the 1,200 sure. plus a year, sure. what he's saying is none of those actually brought atonement. If you want to go back to those, they're not going to help you. This is the sacrifice that helps. But 
Well, I was just going to say that the, the, this this warning here about there not being a sacrifice, if you go on sinning willfully, right, it calls us back to mind, I believe, to the, the sixth chapter and the, and the warnings there about when people have gone away, how do you renew them again to repentance? And, and one of the things we talked about there is, look, this is God's plan. This is God's Savior. This is the sacrifice. If you're going to refuse that, if you're going to reject that, there's not something else coming. There's not another approach. There's not another call. There's not another sacrifice. Yes. It is this. It is Christ. And if you reject that, then then yes, you're going to be lost. You're choosing lostness. That, that's exactly where it's going to go. There's th- those sacrifices in the past, they weren't actually working. And there's not any other plan coming next. Right. If you decide this is not the one, I'm not going to follow this one. I'm not going to surrender to this one. I'm not going to surrender to this priest. I'm not, I'm not going to give myself over and, and let this be the sacrifice that takes my sins away. He says, you're, you're going to wait through eternity, and there's not ever going to be another sacrifice. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else coming to take your sins away. Don't turn away from this, which gets us back to the exclusivity of Jesus Christ. Yes, that's right. Look, let's just face it. Islam, which came up 600 years later, Mm -hmm. does not provide forgiveness of sins. Does not. New Age movements that are coming up over the last 100 and 200 years are not providing the forgiveness of sins. There was no new plan. Mm -hmm. The Book of Mormon, which came Mm -hmm. up years later, that's come up in just the last few hundred years, do not provide the forgiveness of sins. He says, this is it. This is the covenant. This is is what we have. If you're going to wait around for something else to come... It's not coming. This is the only one. I think you see the exclusivity. I think you also see here the assurance that God will keep his word, Mm. right? That when he says in verse 27, he writes in verse 27, what remains is a certain fearful expectation of judgment. Yeah. Expectation. You can expect God will keep his word. That goes back, I think, also to Hebrews 6. What's the anchor of our soul? The trustworthiness of God. He does not lie. Yeah. He always keeps his word. Yes. So this is it. And if you're going to reject Christ, then what else does God's word have for you? Fiery indignation and judgment. So the fact that there's no more offering of sin on the one hand can be a very frightening thing if I've decided to reject this offering. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, it's a very comforting thing when I've accepted it and now I can spend my life rather than trying to pay for it, giving thanks for it and, and committing my life to it. Amen. And that's exactly what we find here. I think we need to go ahead and wrap up with prayer. Holy God, love you. Thank you. It's just amazing to think about this sacrifice that you sent through Jesus for all the planning you did for it and the fact that you have accomplished it and, and it's done. We don't have to accomplish it. We're amazed. We do ask that you accept our thank offering, our votive and commitment offering, as we come and offer ourselves as living sacrifices because of how amazed we are that you have forgiven us in Jesus Christ. Lord, we do love you, and we thank you for loving us first. Through your son Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. 
Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.